Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, verse 5. But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you ask me, whither goest thou? But because I have said unto thee, I've said the, sorry, because I've said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father, and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them. How be, how be it? When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, him, whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Amen. Amen. This is Jesus' last sermon. And as I told you last week, he spoke significantly about the Holy Spirit to them. When Jesus was about to leave the earth, I told you that he spoke about, I go, I come. And anytime he said, I go, you have to figure out which of the I goes he's talking about. Because three I goes and comes. The first I go was, I am going into death. And three days later, I'll come back into life. The interval is three days. The second I go is, I'm going to heaven. And, and thousands or hundreds of years later, I'll return on earth. So when he said, I go, he's either referring to going into death through the cross and resurrect again, or he was talking about going into heaven, physically going into heaven, and many years, that's why Christians, we always say, Jesus will return one day. Or the third I go is that he's going out of the flesh, going out from this physical existence, and he's going to come back as a spirit. All right, so all these three I goes. Now, the third I go, the interval was going to be um, in about, was going to be about seven weeks from what he was, when he was telling them. Or seven weeks later, six weeks later, I was going to go, and then 10 days later, I was going to come as the Spirit. So, Jesus Christ, the third one, this one, he went up as the Spirit in the physical, all right, out of the flesh, but he came back in the Spirit. Now, this is what he was talking about. He said, when I told you I am going, sorrow has filled your heart. Verse 6, that, but he said, but it is, uh, uh, for seven, he said, it is expedient. A, a, a different translation, and a new living translation says that, um, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because, he said, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I go, then I will send him. So he was talking about some, watch this, this is interesting. That seemed to start, suggest that there is somebody who can do the job in your life better than I'm doing. The same me, 
but he can take it further. So he said, if I don't go, such a person can come. And the person who is going to come is actually, I'm going to send him, but I'm going to come as the person so to, to execute and fulfill my purposes in your life. So he said, it is in your advantage or to your advantage that I go. Because if I don't go, the paracletus, the comforter, the one who comes for strength, who causes us to be able to face the battle and win. He can't come. Now, we are having service here. Others are having service in different parts of the world and of the, of, of, of the city and in the country. But everywhere Christians have gathered, he is there. How can he be in all these places at the same time if he, were, he, 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 he was in the physical? In the physical, in fact, do you know what um, Martha, when Jesus, I think John chapter 11, 21, I suppose. When Jesus... Uh, Lazarus died. He said, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother would not have died. God, Jesus didn't want this statement again. Because physically, he wasn't actually there. That's why Martha said, if you had been here, if you had been here, this situation wouldn't have happened. He said, it's to your, it's your advantage that I go. When I go, then I'll be everywhere by my spirit. Right. Now, I want to show you something very interesting, then I move on to the, the work of the Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit is so essential in whatever God can do on earth and will do on earth that there's nothing ever, there's never ever been anything of heaven on earth without the involvement of the Holy or the Spirit of God. Never, never once from the time of creation, never once to the end. It will always be a function. The Holy Spirit will be around. So, so as I showed you in Genesis, the Holy Spirit was there before the creation of the earth. Before the word even was spoken. The whole Bible says, without the word was not anything that was made that was made. But the Spirit had to first be on ground for the word to come and work. The Holy Spirit is always, when the uh, prime minister is going somewhere, let's say going to Afghanistan or going to Israel, going to um, Ghana, or any, he sends an entourage ahead. There must always be an entourage on the ground before he shows up. There must be a team of people who are there already before he comes. In the same way, the Holy Spirit must all already be, be around before God can start doing anything on, on your, in your life, in the church. So the Holy Spirit has been an instrumental agent. Now, when you read the Bible very carefully, as I told you, in the Old Testament, he was presented more, the portrait of the Old Testament was a bit more like an it. Because there's no way it was described as, it, it wasn't regular for, or normal for the Holy Spirit to be described or portrayed as a he, a person. He was portrayed as a force of God. As the, so, and the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David. And the spirit of the Lord. So even though the spirit of God is like an aspect of God. You know, Bible says that by the blast of God's nostrils, the, the seas were parted. It was the spirit of God who was doing that. So, but the spirit of God was, was portrayed as like an impersonal force in the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, Jesus comes to talk about him as an as a he, as a person. 
he, he, he introduces us to the personal aspect of the Holy Spirit. This is very important. So in the Old Testament, he was not depicted as a person per se. Even though, if you see, there, there will be evidences of that there. It, it wasn't predominantly a, a major depiction of the Holy Spirit. But in the New Testament, now he's portrayed as a person. Jesus said that when he, the comforter, comes, he will guide you. He will lead you. He will teach you things that, he said, I have many things to say, verse 12, verse, chapter 16, verse 12. He said, I have many things to say, yet you cannot bear it, verse 13. He said, however, when he, who is this he? Jesus, is there somebody else who can teach us more than you can do? Jesus, is there somebody who can, you are the finest teacher ever. Is there anybody at all who can teach us better than you are doing? He said, yeah, when he comes, the spirit of truth, the spirit of reality, when he comes. And so Jesus portrays him as a he. In the Old Testament, he spoke through people. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 16, Bible says, I like the way the Bible says, Bible says, men and brethren, the scriptures must need be fulfilled, which the Holy, the Holy Ghost, by the mouth of David, spoke before concerning Judas. Watch it. Who spoke concerning Judas? I can't hear you. Who spoke concerning Judas? All right. Give it new, new King James, please. Right, like, men and brethren, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas. So the Holy Spirit had already spoken about Judas. But in the Old Testament, he wasn't just speaking like, just speaking unilaterally. He spoke, but they didn't know him as a he. So David was speaking, but the truth is the Holy Spirit was speaking by the mouth of David. That's why the, the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David. So it's like the Holy Spirit took the vocal cords of David, used his mouth to speak. Then you come to the New Testament, and Jesus says that when the Spirit of truth comes, he will tell you. He's going to tell you things. That's, that means he's going to speak directly to you. So Romans chapter 8, verse 16 says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are, it's, uh, 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 no, sorry, it's that the Spirit of best witness with our spirit that we, we are the sons of God. The Spirit of God speaks to our spirit. The Spirit of Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 26, the Spirit himself makes intercessions. Hey, he's talking now. He's interceding to God on our behalf. He's talking to God and saying, oh God, remember this one. Oh God, remember this one. Oh God, the Holy Spirit himself. Because you see, your prayers are not complete. Our prayers suffer certain levels of deficiency. What is the deficiency in our prayers? Because our knowledge is so restricted, limited, that things that you are supposed to pray about, you don't even know. How would you know what's going to happen next week? How would you know? How would you know? That when you go to the hospital, the doctors are about to say this. How would you know? But you have to pray about this. So the Holy Spirit, when you begin to pray, what you don't know which you need to pray about, he begins to pray because he knows ahead. So he actually aids us. He helps us in our infirmity or in our restrictions or in our limitations. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. The Holy Spirit himself makes, I like the fact that the Spirit himself, let's all say the Spirit himself. himself. Say himself. Himself. That's a person. Makes intercessions. So he's actually interceding. He's speaking on our behalf. Wow. With groans, which words, human words cannot express. 
Your words, there are no, um, there's no amount of words you can have to express the kind of prayer you need to pray. You are trying, it's good, but the Holy Spirit takes it to another level. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Then in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, we hear, this is amazing. I saw it in the scripture. It got my attention quite radically. Acts chapter 13, shall we all read it from the screen? Those of you who can see the screen. Shall we all read it together? Let's go. These people, so okay, thank you. As these people were ministering to the Lord, the Holy Spirit now, for the first, He spoke. How did He speak? We don't know. He spoke. The Holy Spirit said, Allow me, let me talk. Let me talk. It's okay, you are praying. It's okay, let me talk. Separate Paul and Barnabas. Get these guys out. I'm sending them for a job. The Holy, so you see, the Holy Spirit has been saying. Then you get to Revelation chapter 2, verse 7. Bible says that he who has an ear, let him hear what? What the Spirit is saying. What the Spirit says to the churches. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Revelation, I like this bit. Revelation chapter 2, verse 11. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Verse, chapter 2, verse 29. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Chapter 3, verse 6. He who has an ear, let him hear what... You see, the Spirit is not, not stopping, stop saying at the end of life. The Spirit is saying more. He's saying more. From the beginning, he moved. When Jesus came and died and went, he came amongst them. He started speaking through them. He started speaking inside them. Now, when they were in their meeting, he spoke to them. Now, in Revelation, he's speaking to the church. So the Spirit keeps saying and keeps saying and keeps saying. Now, watch this. So he realized that the Spirit kept saying to the churches when we are going to the end of time. Say that, let the Spirit say. Then when we got to Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, Oh, I like this. Let's all read it together. Let's go. The first sentence. Let's go. And the spirit and the Christ say, One more time. Some of you are very tired and hungry. Let's louder. And the spirit and the say, now, the Spirit is not speaking alone. He has become so one with a, a bride. You see, do you know a definition of a bride? The definition of a bride is somebody who is going to become one with another. That's what marriage is about. Marriage is about oneness. Being one. That's why usually they ask you family name. So a bride means that um, uh, somebody who is preparing themselves to become or to, uh, to take on somebody's identity. For them to be one. And they will share, they will have a shared identity. Now, the church is the bride of Christ. By the time the Bible is ending, the church has become so one with the Spirit. Now, it's not the Spirit speaking to the church, but it's the Spirit and the church saying. That should make you excited as a Christian. That's why we take our time to teach, 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 teach. As you hear the word of God, hear the word of God, you know what is happening to you. You are receiving more of God, more of God, more of God. A time is coming when we, we will all be so much full of God that when God is speaking, we speak with him. Amen. So the spirit has been so essential. Now when it comes to even Jesus' life on earth, this is, this, 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 I, when I found this, it just it got me very excited. When it comes to Jesus' life on earth, he couldn't be born without the Spirit. Yeah. 
He needed this. The spirit was essentially involved for his human living, for him, for him to become a human being. The spirit was essentially involved. So when the angel appeared to Mary and said to Mary, you shall have a son and he shall call his name, uh, you shall have a son. Luke chapter 1 verse um, 34. Mary said in 34, how shall this, this be since I know no man? And the angel said, ah, 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 ah. You, you don't, you have missed the way God does his things. You have missed that way. If God is going to do something, all you need is his spirit. Wow. Uh, all you need is, you see, you don't need people as much as you need the spirit. The people you need is the people the spirit directs you to. The people you need is the people who are filled with the spirit. There are two people, type of people I'm talking about. Some are filled with the spirit. They will help you in your journey. Others, the spirit will direct you to them. They may not be filled with the spirit, but they are instrumental in what the Lord is trying to do in your life. God will never do anything on earth for you without using other men, other human beings. So learn how to value people. Learn how to tell somebody, I think you should learn how to value me. <laughs> if it's your husband or your wife, say it's even better. <laughs> now listen. Listen, so Jesus Christ, the Mary said, how can these things be since I know no man, I know not a man. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. So, and then also, he said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow. Therefore, also that Holy One who who is to be born will be called the son of God. So Jesus' natural conception was a function of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, look at this. this is, I like this text. This is very interesting. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they could come together, Mary was a virgin, and God didn't allow her to lose her virginity first. So before she could lose her virginity, God has moved ahead. Because if he was, she wasn't a virgin, it could have been said that there was a man involved in the conception of Jesus. That is why God needed a virgin. God needed a virgin whose hymen has not been broken from the outside so that he himself will break it from the inside. <laughs> So, so that no one can claim Mary never knew a man and yet she was pregnant. That is a very interesting phenomenon. And in the extreme scientific situations where a woman gets pregnant without the involvement of a man, extreme, in extreme situations it could happen. It can never be a man. It can never be a boy. It must always be a woman. Because she only has got the one, the X. He hasn't got the Y. So for it to be a, a, a boy, the, a man must be involved. But Mary didn't give birth to a girl. She gave birth to a boy. That means that there's another man involved. But this man is not a normal man. She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Did you see that? Before they could come together, she was found to be with child. How? Of the Holy Spirit. So who was the instrumental aspect of the conception of Jesus? The Holy Spirit. She was found, look at verse 20. Joseph was trying to put Mary away because he said, ah, this woman I'm about to marry you, you are telling me you are pregnant and it's a spirit that is responsible. Please, spirits don't pregnant with you. I mean, Joseph said, I can't take this. I know we are engaged, but listen, no, no, no. No, 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 stop, stop, please, please, please. Mary, 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 Mary. Mary. 
So now she, he started planning how he was going to break the news to Mary's parents and find a nice way because he's a decent guy to put Mary aside gently without creating a scene because she's pregnant. You won't create any scene. I'll put her away. So while he thought about Joseph, while Joseph thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, don't be afraid to take that woman on. Yeah, she's a good woman. Don't be afraid. Don't fear her now. <laughs> do not be afraid to take, to take to you Mary, your wife. For, watch this, for that which is conceived in her is what? Who was behind the conception of Jesus? Holy Spirit. Jesus couldn't just come without the Holy Spirit moving on Mary. That's what I'm trying to say. And now, watch this. He comes and he couldn't start his natural ministry. For 30 years, this guy was walking in town. Listen, without the Holy Spirit, you will only just be a mechanical. <laughs> you will only be a lawyer. You will only be an accountant. You can't fulfill the destiny God has for you. The, the point here is this. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit in order to be able to do his work, ah, you, after all the things you have done in your life, you need more than twice the Holy Spirit. <laughs> So, now, so Jesus Christ comes to do his ministry. He needed the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Then he goes, so he was, before he was born, he needed the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He was an ordinary carpenter, an ordinary tradesman, an ordinary businessman. Jesus, yeah, he was doing business. An ordinary businessman. He was an ordinary handyman. So, without Jesus, I'll be an ordinary preacher attempting to preach. We are ordinary without the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus was so ordinary. So everything he did was not recorded. Anytime somebody asks you, why is it that Jesus' life, when from the time he was born to 30, why is it that nothing was recorded? Tell him that because it was not worth recording. Because the Holy Spirit was not on. Until, until he got to the age of 30 and he went to be baptized. And guess what? In Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon him. Did you see that? The Holy Spirit came upon him. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 4 verse, verse, verse sorry, Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus comes into the temple and he was given to read and he said, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? No, no, let's, let's read it out. Let's go from the Spirit. Let's go. Some of you are not reading this loud. Oh, I like that one. You distracted me to preach. Preaching is important. All right, let's go. L louder, let's go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So he was anointed to be able to do his physical earthly ministry. But, sir, something I, I just discovered in, I've recently in my studies, I discovered and I started screaming, Eureka, 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 in my studies. It got me excited. I found out that even in heaven, Jesus still needed the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. He needed the Holy Spirit. What for? So he can continue his ministry on earth in the church. Wow. Oh, you are not getting it. He needed the Holy Jesus needed the Holy Spirit. Oh, Pastor, this is blasphemy. How can you? Jesus needed in heaven. He needed the Holy Spirit. Ah, no, the Bible will speak for itself. How many of you want me to show you in the Bible? Are you sure you are ready to see it in the Bible? Are you interested in seeing it in the Bible? In Acts chapter 2, 
Oh, I feel tempted to read from verse 26, but it's too long. 26 will take too much of our time. I, I like the Bible, you know. Oh, the Bible is nice. It's, it's, it's not just nice, it's sweet. It's sweet to my taste. It's sweet to my taste. Like the honeycomb. Hmm. In verse 22, it talks about Jesus Christ, a man attested, say a man. a man. First of all, he presented him as a man. Okay. A man attested, okay, in other words, accredited, endorsed by God, by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did amongst you through, in, uh, through him in, in your midst, and you, which you yourself know. Now look at the next verse. This is very interesting. He, by the, by, uh, he being delivered by the determined purpose and the foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put him to death. Whom God raised, say whom God raised. Whom God raised, whom God raised up, losing, uh, having loosed the pangs of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. In other words, death could not keep Jesus in the grave. No, it's not possible. So this is the first preaching of the church in the Bible. This is the first preaching. He started talking about Jesus Christ. Then he quoted. He said Jesus was raised from the dead. Look at the next verse. For David says concerning, he quoted Psalm 16. For David, this is from verse 8, Psalm 16. For David says concerning, I saw, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I might not be shaken. Amen. Go to the next verse. Therefore, my heart rejoices. See, our point of reference for rejoicing is not because of the money and the job you have got, but it's because God is before you. Yeah. you see, when you see God with you, you don't fret. So as a pastor, I'll have to teach you God's word and make sure God, I set God before your face so that your heart will not be moved. Even though things ahead of you are shaking you, he said, I've set the Lord before my face so that my heart, he said, therefore my heart rejoices and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. I'll rest in hope. Look at the next verse. For he will not leave for you will not leave your uh, leave my soul in haste, nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption. That's verse quickly with me. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. This is all quoted from Psalm 16. Peter's first preaching. The first preaching of the church is about Jesus quoting from Psalm 16. Right. So now, so Jesus, they quoted from the scriptures, and then now verse, let's go to verse 29. Men and brethren, then after quoting, he said, men and brethren, let, let me freely, I like this one, let me speak freely to you of the Patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us today. But David said, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. But this man is dead up till now, his tomb is with us. So then this scripture must not be speaking about David, that's what he's trying to tell them. Watch this. Are you learning something? Yeah. Verse 30. Therefore, being, David was a prophet. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that, that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he will raise the Christ to sit on his throne. Go to the next verse. He, David, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ. So Psalm 16, when David was speaking, he wasn't speaking about himself. He was speaking about the resurrection of Christ prophetically. Why? Because the Spirit of God was working through him. Now watch this. Verse 32. This Jesus, watch this. This Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses. They said we saw he's been, resur- he's been 
raised from the dead. Verse 33. Verse 33. Watch this. Jesus, after he was raised up and being exalted, where? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Bible says in uh, Exodus chapter 15, verse 8. Very part, verse 7, I think verse 7 and 8, right? It talks about the, uh, the right hand of God is excellent. The right hand of God, the, the great, look at verse, verse, is it verse 6? Yeah, it that your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Mm. Say the right hand. The right hand. Psalm 98, verse 1. Psalm 98, verse 1. It says that, oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm has gained him the victory. Say the right hand. Right. Now, Jesus Christ was raised to sit where? Right. On the right hand of, the, of God. In Mark chapter 16, verse 19, the Bible says that he, he ascended in heaven and sat. So then, after the Lord has spoken this, he was received into heaven and sat where? At the right hand of God. In the book of um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, it talks about he lay, raised him high above principality and power and set him at his right hand. Jesus sat at the right hand of God. In Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 34, the Bible says that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. So, for, uh, and furthermore, is uh, also reason who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Jesus is at the right hand of God. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13, it says about Jesus is at the right hand. I, I, someone get you what I'm saying? Jesus, but, but, but to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make... But I told Jesus, sit at my right hand. The angels don't qualify to do that. There's only one person in the entire universe who was asked to sit at the right hand of power. That is Jesus. Watch this. But when he sat at the right hand of God, that was in the all. That was in the ultimate. So back to Acts chapter chapter. 2 verse 33. Bible says that therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received oh, oh, when, he, when he was exalted to the right hand of God, what did he receive? I can't hear you. Louder. Those around the choir, I can't hear you. Now when we hear the promise of the Holy Spirit, this is how some people read it. The promise the Holy Ghost gave. No. Yeah, it's, it's because that's my promise. Okay, so the promise of um, Pastor David. My promise. That's my promise to you. See, so I promise that I'll buy the, um, the whatever, the drink for you. It's a promise. They'll receive the promise of David. Now, so people think that the promise of the Holy Spirit is the promise the Holy Spirit has given. No. It is, God gave a promise in Joel chapter 2 verse 28 that in the last days I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. In Acts chapter 2 verse 17 and 18, in the last day I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. That promise. So in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem. Just stay, it's not your power to know, but stay, wait for the promise of the Father. So what is this promise? The, you know, Jesus, Bible, uh, listen, Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Having been made a curse for us, that the blessing, verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles, well, that we might receive what? The promise of the Spirit. So the promise, say the promise. Now this is the point I'm trying to make. Jesus Christ, he sat at the right hand of the Father. Watch this. So when he was raised from dead, when he was raised from dead, exalted to the right hand of God, having received the promise of the 
Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Now watch this. What's the point here? So even in heaven, he received the Holy Spirit. In heaven, he received the Holy Spirit. Is it not your Bible? He said, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father, the Father gave the promise to him. Just died and he went to sit on the right hand of majesty. And he was handed the Holy Spirit. He received the Holy Spirit for his ministry on earth. Because now he has gone to heaven. He said it is expedient. It is expedient, it is expedient that I go. Because if I don't go, the comforter will not come. But when I go, I will send him. How are you going to send him if you haven't received him? He said, watch this. He said, I have many things to tell you, but I can't say it. I'm restricted. But my work needs to be done. My disciples need to enjoy. My disciples need to be, to be able to progress. But they need the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has not been poured out yet. So he said, no, you know what? I am going. And I need my body to work on earth. And my body to work on earth needs the Spirit. So when I go, I will receive of the Father. And so when he was on earth, he received the Holy Spirit. When he went up, he received the Holy Spirit. And he shed the Spirit on earth. Now, when he shed the spirit on us, then all the onlookers began to see what is happening to this yes. people. Began to say, he says that which he has shed, he poured out, he poured the spirit. Is the spirit water? I don't know, but he's poured. He poured, which he poured out, out, uh, which he poured out. Sorry, he poured out this which you now see and hear. So the tongues you were hearing, the things you were seeing, he says, Jesus has received the Holy Spirit and he has poured it on us. That is why they are speaking in tongues. That's why they are doing that. What you are seeing is what the promise said. That is what is happening. This is what the promise said. Hallelujah. So in effect, what Peter was doing was trying to go to the scriptures and explain what is happening in the economy of God in the light of scripture. It's not anything new you are seeing. He's trying to say that Jesus needed the Holy Spirit on earth. When he was about to start his ministry, he needed the Spirit. And then he sent his disciples to go and continue his ministry, but he told them, wait. He said, wait. Let me put it in a different way. Wait, because I need the Spirit. I'm about to close now. My time is up. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. He received the promise of the Spirit and poured out on his disciples. That's why he told them, don't move out of Jerusalem. Wait until you, have, you are endured with power before you go. Because I waited for 30 years in my mother's house. He said, don't leave. Wait for the promise because he said, I'm going. When I go, I will receive the Spirit. So Jesus received the Holy Spirit. And when he received it, guess what? He poured it out. He poured out. And as soon as the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them, everyone began to see. You can't say you have the Holy Spirit and it will be evident. People will see and hear. Oh, yeah. 
said, which you now see. He has poured out on us, which you now see and hear. You will see it. Whether they like it or not, they will see that God is working in your life. I don't believe you are anointed until I can see the fruits of your works. Jesus, there has never been any time God has done anything on earth without a release and a supply of his spirit. Number two, Jesus Christ could never do anything on earth without the, the uh, supply of his spirit, of the Holy Spirit. To the extent that even when he went to heaven, his work on earth, he knew that if he doesn't receive the Holy Spirit, this work on earth will not happen. So he went to heaven, and even when he sat, he still received the Holy Spirit so that he can pour it on earth, so that his, he- oh, watch this, so that his heavenly ministry can be fulfilled on the earth. church needs the Holy Spirit. Every Christian needs the Holy Spirit. Every godly institution needs the Holy Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, you are just left to be on your own. God cannot find an expression in your life and God cannot do anything in your life. The greatest desire you should pray is that, oh Lord, that I will have more of your spirit. Fill me up, Lord. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.